0: They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW reporting for prohibited by law. See Terms and Conditions 18 plus.
1: Talk Radio. Hello, Giants fans. Welcome to the Giants Beat, Week 2 edition. I'm David Blatine, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Alex Olson.
0: Hello, everybody. Let's get right into it with, uh, you know, very poor performance in week two against the Detroit Lions at home. David's going to start off with some questions, and we're going to do our best to, you know, answer the same questions as last week because it was a pretty similar re- performance, but uh, oh, here we go.
1: Alex said it, unfortunately, very well that, um Week two was a carbon copy in a sense of week one's lackluster performance against the Dallas Cowboys. The Giants looked slow. The offense has just not gained any kind of traction so far to start the season. Even the defense is looking average to say the best. There's a lot of points we really want to talk about. Um, we can go into, unfortunately, a lot of holes on the Giants team. We're going to be talking about the offensive line, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., seeing how we feel about him and if the Giants are pushing him maybe too much, if he shouldn't have even played Week 2. Uh, questions about Eli Manning, questions about Ben McAdoo. There's a lot to talk about, and we're going to try and spin it in a way that can be can be seen as positive. It is only Week 2, but Giants fans have to be realistic and understand that this this was not the start we saw at all. The Giants have struggled immensely going back to last season and now questions are starting to pop up. And I think the main issue that we really want to talk about first is the offensive line. Once again, Eli Manning is just not given enough time to, to completely pass it down the field. I believe he was sacked four, five times in this game, Alex. He just, yeah, he just didn't have any time to perform, uh, because he was under pressure the entire game. It's, it's, uh, Definitely disturbing and upsetting thoughts see our franchise quarterback uh, continuously under pressure like this.
0: Yeah, um, I just – I want to just single out Eric Flowers just for a second. You know, everyone's, you know, bashing on him, criticizing him, rightfully so, in my opinion. I mean, it is the second week he has performed well under par, uh, you know, he spent the entire offseason at East Rutherford training with Bobby Hart, refining his technique, and we still haven't seen any improvement. In fact, I think he's actually regressed, which is, I don't even know how that's possible. But he ended up uh, grading out with a 47.3, according to pro-, pro Football Focus, which is easily the worst in the entire league this, this uh, week. He gave up three sacks to Ziggy Ansah. He allowed Eli Manning to pretty much get destroyed all night long. Um, he, he, he consistently whiffed and didn't even didn't even put up a, a fight against Ansa. He was his hands were batted down. He looked weak. He he honestly he couldn't even plant his feet. It was just I mean, if I was Eli Manning, how do you even stand up there and compete? Like how do you how do you plant your feet? How do you feel comfortable finding your receivers and, you know, letting them open up and, and reading your progressions? How do you even sit there and feel comfortable, you know, running an offense? It's it's impossible, especially with, you know, Bobby Hart out at right tackle. They put in Justin Pugh, but you know he's not a right tackle, so obviously he was going to struggle. They helped him out a little bit. Um, ben McAdoo said they they actually helped out the right side of the line more than they did the left side, which is kind of ridiculous. I think they should be utilizing the running backs, chipping the chipping the edge rushers, and you know giving Eli Manning at least a, a an extra second to find his receivers. Uh, what do you think about that?
1: I think you absolutely hit the nail on, nail on the. Uh, you know you, you you're absolutely correct. Uh, I'm starting to worry as a Giants fan that Eric Flower, Eric Flowers just is not an NFL caliber player. I, I truly think he's going to be end up being a bust in the NFL. I just don't think he has the talent that you expect from a first round pick, a top ten pick, or even as a fifth round pick, a sixth round pick, a seventh round, a seventh round pick. He's just not able to perform at the NFL level. And and it's unfortunately a wasted pick, but we have to be honest now. How much longer do you keep on trying him out there and starting him when he is the Biggest issue on an already weak offensive line. You, is it just pride at this point? Is it just confidence? What is start? What? Why are we still starting Eric Flowers when all the tape, all the measurements, all the advanced sabermetrics tell us that Eric Flowers just is not a capable NFL lineman? And there has to be a change soon. Otherwise, Eli Manning mm-hmm. might potentially get hurt, and then the entire season is over. If Eli Manning gets hurt, it's over. And that could be Eric Flowers' fault. Oh, absolutely. Three sacks. So.
0: Absolutely. I mean, uh, just, just, let's just compare Eric Flowers to Bobby Hart for a second. Eric Flowers was a, was a first-round pick. Bobby Hart was a seventh-round pick, and we've actually seen Hart exceed expectations in his second year in the league. So it's, it's you know, kind of embarrassing to see um, Hart, you know, surpass him. And we're seeing, you know, Jerry Reese's Uh, pride come into play here with, you know, he's forcing McAdoo to continue to start Flowers because I don't think any coach in their right mind would continue to start a player like Flowers at left tackle of all positions and not feel like he, you know, he's putting his franchise quarterback at risk. I mean, we saw Eli Manning, he was bent over backwards trying to get the ball out to Sterling Shepard. He pulled a classic close your eyes, toss it up in the air and pray, throw, you know, I mean, it's it's there's no doubt that Eli is putting on you know putting out his best effort but he just is he's scared for his life out there I mean he he was sacked on a play that he wasn't even touched on he just fell to the ground because he was scared that he was going to get destroyed by Ansah who was ran all the way to the right side of the of the line chased him all the way to the right side of the line from the left tackle position and Eric Flowers was left watching him run by it was just you know it was embarrassing and I, I don't really know who I mean, there's a reason that Flowers is starting, it's because, you know, are they gonna put in Adam Bisnowadi who was, you know, let go and signed to the practice squad, or are they gonna put in Chad Wheeler, you know, both rookies? They can't really trust either of them at the position. I mean, obviously Flowers is the best option, but I think at this point, you know, you might as well kick the tires on, on one of them. I mean, I think Chad Wheeler had the better preseason. I think that he should be given the chance. I mean, honestly, the Giants are better off putting a swinging door at left tackle than keeping Flowers on the line. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's embarrassing. I mean, what do we – like, I can't even watch anymore. As, as a fan and, you know, as a beat reporter, it's, it's tough to watch because, you know, on paper, the Giants have such an amazing offense with Od- Odell Beckham Jr., Brandon Marshall, a two-time Super Bowl-winning quarterback. They have a, a great tight end in Evan Ingram that's on the, you know, on the field now. And their, their line is just ruining the entire season for them. There's no other, you know – there's no other reason for it. Maybe besides the fact that Ben McAdoo's play calling is a little bit off. And I think that we might see him hand over the, the, the duties to Mike Sullivan this week or, or at least next week. Cause at this point, something has to happen. Something has to change and if Flowers not going to be benched. They have to change something on the offense and it's going to, the next thing is, is the play calling duties. I mean, do you think that Mike Sullivan could do a better job? Um, I'm not really sure.
1: At this point now, and this is going to sound bad, but I think it's funny, I feel as though someone who's playing Madden could call better plays than Ben McAdoo. When you have an NFL <laughs> offense who not scored 20 points in a game, it's it's just pathetic. And Eli Manning is a capable NFL quarterback, an upper echelon quarterback, as he's always been his entire career. And if you're not giving him time to throw and your running game is pathetic – you should still be able to score 20 points. You should look into that at least once in, I believe, seven games, eight games now, going back to, I believe, week 11 against the Cleveland Browns. The Giants have not scored 20 points. And I feel as though I keep on saying that continuously in terms of articles or around this podcast, but it's still such a shocking statistic that the Giants, a team that's supposed to be on paper, at least competitive, is is just not scoring. Ben McAdoo should not be calling plays anymore. Anyone – can call plays and maybe look into 14 points. We can't even get to that at this point so far. We've scored three and 10. So I guess by that measure, we're up to 17 this week against the Eagles if we're lucky. But no, Mike Sullivan should absolutely be calling plays and charge. There's no doubt in my mind about that one.
0: I agree. I mean, we saw him put up 34 points in a half in the preseason. Um, that's obviously better than anything, uh, you know, that McAdee was done. I mean, let's put into perspective that the Jets, you know, the Jets who are supposedly to have the worst, you know, roster in NFL history this season <laughs> scored 20 points last week against the Oakland Raiders. So let's put that into perspective. Um, when thinking about the Giants offense, I think that Mike Sullivan, you know, he's more of a risk taker. Eli Manning's always been the type of quarterback to thread the needle when there was no opening whatsoever. He's the type of quarterback that you got to give him a chance and he'll, he'll come through. Uh, ben McAdoo's play, play style is completely, you know, shorten the field, you know, chip away at the defense, five, six yards, run the ball on first down. Um, we saw a bunch of, you know, questionable decisions by McAdoo. You know, right before halftime, he refused to call a timeout with over a minute left. They could have called the timeout, got the ball back after a field goal, and at least, you know, tried to get some points on the board. And he was, you know, that just shows the lack of confidence he has in the offense. Um, he wasn't even willing to give them a chance. Uh, I, I don't even, I don't understand that. He has to have some, he has to give his, his offense a, an opportunity, you know, tr- show them that he trusts them. Otherwise, he's going to destroy their confidence. And it seems like that's exactly what he's done. Um, I, I don't think that the line's going to be much better next week. I mean, there, it doesn't seem like they're going to change anything on it. If, if Bobby Hart's not starting um, due to his ankle injury. It looks like they're going to have to, you know, keep Hugh at right tackle and, you know, Brett Jones at left guard. Um, surprisingly, last week John Jerry had the highest grade on the entire team with an 80.1. To so that puts into perspective just how poorly the entire team played. Um, you know, what do you who do you think that they could change around the defensive or the offensive line that would, you know, make a difference or, you know, a certain combination that you might want to see just going down the road a little bit. I, I'm not sure what they can do at this point.
1: Is the easy answer just leaving Eric Flowers, like, off the team bus, just he accidentally just doesn't get on the bus going to uh, Philadelphia? Because that, to <laughs> me, it, that is the starting point. You you do not start Eric Flowers anymore. You could bring in anyone, and at least they would be as good or maybe even slightly better. Anyone off the street could be the it's giant. serviceable. Uh, right. Yeah, at least service It's something. I is This was Eric Flowers, and if he was a fifth-round pick, he'd be cut. He would not be on an NFL team anymore. but Because he was a ninth overall pick, Giants have some pride, and they won't admit they unfortunately drafted the wrong player who just has a a severe case of not being an NFL-caliber player. (laughs) He's still going out there. (laughs) It's just upsetting. It really really, truly is, and it's going to be possibly the end of Eli Manning's career if Eric Flowers keeps on uh, being his tackle.
0: It's very sad. It, you know, and right. honestly, it, <laughs> I think uh, Flowers is going to ruin not just Eli Manning's career, but he's going to ruin Ben McAdoo's career and he's going to ruin Jerry Reese's career because Jerry Reese is like, oh, I don't really want to put the blame on myself because I'm already on the hot seat after basically everybody that landed in Collins in the 2015 draft was a bust. So, you know, he's had a few good players, but every general manager, unless you're, you know, the manager for the jets is going to, you're going to get a a few good players here and there. There's no doubt about that, but he has missed a lot more than he's, he's struck on. So this, this first round pick, you know, you're not supposed to, you know, drop. If you're a a New York, you know, if you're the giants, one of the best uh, sports organizations in the world, you have the best talent surrounding that team. And your general manager is is selecting a first round pick. That is a bust. He's going to, he's going to put all of that blame on the, on the head coach. You know, he's, he's trying to save his, His butt right now, he's trying to, you know, have Ben McAdoo take the blame for that. Uh, That's what I think, at least, because at this point, you know, McAdoo is smart enough to know that he can't keep putting flowers out there. You're right. Manning will get injured. Uh, Do you think Jerry Reese, you know, is is in the back right now, you know, given his old Grinch smirk, blaming McAdoo for all this?
1: I think he has to only because he wants to save his job. We talked about this right before the podcast, sir, and I want to bring it up now. Um, The Giants are 0-2. They have scored three points and ten points so far in two NFL games. How long, if Ben McAdoo does not give up his his play calling duties, how long until he's on the hot seat? For me, if the Giants are 0-4 and we have continued to still struggle on offense, I think he could be fired within six or seven weeks. If the Giants are 0-4 and nothing's really changing, I think this could be a very swift and very quick change uh, for the Giants coaching staff. I'm not sure what you think, but that's what I believe.
0: I think um, if he, if he hands over the the play calling duties to Mike Sullivan, which he should, because, you know, he's a head coach. I mean, I get that he's a offensive coordinator at heart and he wants to run the, run the offense, but to be fair, Mike Sullivan is there for a reason and he has shown that he's had success with his, his uh, play calling ability. So I think that they should give, give him the chance. And if they do, and he fails to succeed, I think that, you know, there's a lot more than just McAdoo's play calling. So I think they'll let him play out the season, see where they end up. Um, if they can fix the offensive line, maybe give him one more chance. If he, McAdoo continues to, you know, play the, call the plays, and then he eventually gives it to Mike Sullivan, and Mike Sullivan excels, I think then it would put Mike, uh, Ben McAdoo on the hot seat because it would just show that he doesn't know what he's doing or he doesn't know how to run that offense. I think he's trying to run an Aaron Rodgers type type offense where, you know, Rodgers can get out of the pocket. Rodgers can move his feet. Eli needs to stand there like a statue and read down his progression. That's always the type of quarterback he's been. He's not going to change now. He's 36 years old. It's, it's, you know, it's do or die for, for Eli this year. And it's do or I do or die for Ben McAdoo this year.
1: I would argue the point that, because I obviously have a quicker trigger in terms of firing McAdoo, that Eli Manning is a 36 year old quarterback. And you're starting to see the signs of him slowing down as an NFL-calibre quarterback, and every single game now counts, in my opinion. If this season becomes a waste right. and the Giants, let's say, hypothetically, are a 6-10 and ten team. Let's just go worst case. I think 6-10 and ten is probably the floor of this team, even, even still starting on 2. Eli Manning comes back as a 37-year-old quarterback, continues to slow down. While the offensive line continues to struggle, we might see Eli Manning's career now literally cratered within the next season because of poor offensive line, poor, pay, poor poor play calling excuse me, and just a lack of right. Ben McNew could literally be the end of Eli Manning's career if this continues. And I would have a quick trigger on it only because you can always find another head coach. Uh, you can't always find a franchise caliber quarterback like we have in Eli Manning. So maybe I'm a little bit more right. quick tip that could light the team
0: and maybe change things. At least in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, Eli Manning, he is obviously going to degrade. If he keeps getting hit like this, he's going to degrade even faster. Um, you know, they have to be really careful with what they're doing with him. And if, if Ben McAdoo is going to put his health at risk, put his career at risk, he has to go. You're right. You're completely right. And, you know, the, a quarterback like Eli doesn't come around very often. Uh, no matter what, I know a lot of people are mad at Eli, think it's his fault, he's to blame. But, you know, you can, you can tell he's putting out, you know, his best effort. I mean, he wouldn't have taken that hit that he did um, when he got that reception to the Sterling Shepard when he was bent over backwards. He would have just went down. He would have just crumpled to the ground like Eli usually does. But you can tell he's, he's trying his hardest out there to pick up his team. And, you know, after the game, Ben McAdoo pretty much threw him under the bus and was like, you know, got to play better on that uh, fourth and short on the goal line. He had the delay game. He, he was, you know, Ben McAdoo expected him to be on top of that. And to be honest with you, I think Eli Manning might have done that on purpose, just because they should have taken the points and and you know settled. You, you never, if you're down by two scores, you never test the waters and on fourth and short against a defense that is pretty much shutting you down. Like you take you take the field goal and you move on to the next drive. That's that's common sense. And I think Ben McAdoo's, you know, he doesn't have the the offensive line, he doesn't have the offensive capabilities to score a touchdown like on a on a fourth and short right now. So I think that Eli is degrading but at the same time I don't think it's his fault entirely but do you what do you think about uh Brandon Marshall I mean he had one catch for 17 yards he almost scored he dove right before the the goal line that was the fourth and short that they missed on the on the delay of game um I mean he dropped that pass late in the game he's been pretty underwhelming so far as a giant but I don't I don't know what to expect in week three. Is he going to turn it around? I think maybe he just needs Odell Beckham Jr. on the field. Um, what do you think about, you know, his, his progress so far and if he's going to step it up in week three against the Eagles?
1: Brandon Marshall is a very interesting player, and, and I remember writing an article about this for cbs com about Brandon Marshall and the chemistry with Eli Manning. And I remember, like, trying to spin it in terms of, like, oh, you know, it's the preseason or whatever time the article came out. Oh, you know, they'll adjust. And, and obviously, it is going to take some time between Brandon Marshall and Eli Manning to coexist and, and, you know, have a beneficial relationship in terms of, you know, getting passes to him and making big plays. But I don't think even the most pessimistic Giants fans could have seen Brandon Marshall playing as poorly as he has so far. And that could be attributed to, I Beckham Jr. not being there. Brandon Marshall being targeted as number one up to this point, uh, just a lack of of chemistry with Eli. But I I've expected better of Marshall. It wouldn't shock me if he kind of had a big game against the Eagles. Maybe goes for his first touchdown as a Giant, maybe 70 yards, five catches. But it could also it wouldn't shock me if he had one catch for six yards. Like Brandon Marshall has always been this very interesting figure in football where. How do I say this correctly? He, he has a very big personality, and I don't think he's going to clash with Eli, but, but I feel like it's going to be a negative if he continues to play poorly, because I think then he'll start talking to the media and that could cause another problem. And, like, that player that we thought would be that last piece on offense could actually be the one who divides the locker room and divides the fan base based on uh, another poor performance or two. Uh, that's, it's a very interesting dynamic with Marshall, and I would love to see him have a big game at the Eagles because it would make me feel better as a fan, but it also wouldn't shock me if he has another dud and then begins to uh, chirp towards the media. So we will, we'll see on Sunday, but it, it could really go either way.
0: Yeah. I mean, I completely agree with you. He, he, you know, he's one of those guys that has a huge personality and I don't think it would cl- it clash with Eli Mannings, but I think he, he's the type of player that, you know, he needs to get in a rhythm and he needs to be fed the ball. And in week one, he was barely even looked at. And in week two, he was barely looked at again. And I think that he dropped that ball. He said it was, you know, he lost it in the light and then it came back into into play and he just dropped it and, you know, it was his to blame, but, I just think that, you know, he's the type of guy that if you build his confidence and t- and throw him the ball and let him catch catch balls and, you know, power downfield, he just becomes a better player as the game goes on. I think that the Giants aren't utilizing his strengths to the maximum. I think that he was a huge back shoulder threat on the Jets and he was a huge red zone threat. He, they had, they used him a lot with wide receiver screens and they haven't really used him with any of those things. They've just been tossing the ball up to him and saying, Oh, you know, we paid, we paid 6 million a year for a big body and you're supposed to catch these balls. But if you don't utilize him the way he's been utilized in the past and he's seen success, he's not, you're not going to get the same results. Um, I, I, that's where the, the play calling comes in. I think Ben McAdoo needs to take a much uh, bigger look at this, at this problem with, with Marshall. I think that it's, it's not about chemistry, but it's about the the plays that he's calling and where he's, where uh, Marshall's lined up and, you know, how they utilize him. I think that the plays are just not for him. They're for Odell Beckham Jr., but he's not on the field. So it's, they're trying to compensate with other plays um, that they've already, you know, they've already drilled him with. They didn't anticipate OBJ being out right now. So they expected, you know, Marshall to be one-on-one coverage, but, you know, he's not, he's being double covered because Odell Beckham Jr. isn't out on the field as much. But when he comes back, I think then we'll start to see him really, you know, Open up and um, start getting the catches that he deserves and that he, he needs to get for him to gain that confidence. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I think about Marshall so far. I mean,
1: you're literally 100% correct. And you brought it up working towards the future. I want to talk about the week three game against the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. And I truly think if there was a win now game for the Giants uh, this early in the season, in any case, this is it. If the Giants go 0 3, it's not even about the playoffs at that point. It's just about getting to 500. If, if they go 0-3, the playoffs are so out the window. If they manage to not score points right. again, I'm worried about this team being a top five like a top five pick because that's my main concern at that point. If Honestly. they go 0-3 now, it's over, in my opinion. It truly is. Oh, so. I, I completely
0: agree. Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, they have the Eagles next week. They have the Buccaneers the next week after that then they have the chargers who are also on two, but they're, you know, they should have, they lost on two game winning kicks. So, or misses at, at their expense. Um, I mean, the Buccaneers are a great team. They have Jameis Winston, Mike Evans. They have a solid defense. The Eagles have one of the best defensive lines in the game. Uh, the chargers have a potent offense. The Broncos are, you know, looking really good so far. The Seahawks are always a problem. The, their, their schedule is really tough and you're right. If they lose this game, it's, it's all hell's going to break loose. And it's, you know, we're looking at a, a top five pick next season if, if they lose this next week.
1: Mm-hmm. I, you said the schedule was, I believe, Eagles, Bucks, uh, Chargers, Broncos, I believe, and Seahawks. I can see every giant. I can yep. see us going 0-7. I have no faith in any of those teams uh, to let us win. I would. We could go 0-7 if this trend continues. Yep. I have no faith Actually. in the Giants team at that point if we uh, – just can't get it together. I could see Magazine being fired. I could see the team just falling apart. It, it wouldn't shock me if, um, as you said, all hell breaks loose if we lose this game. This is a make-or-break season-defining game. It's not even about the NFC East anymore, because I think the Giants, they're 0-2, but they are performing at one of the worst teams in the NFL's level. There's a level of expectation with this team, and they are so far below it. It's not even about now the playoffs. It's about just getting back to the lower tier, not even average. Just getting back to being a lower tier team, and it's um it's gonna be very interesting to see what happens. I kind of want to touch upon the eagle game a little bit. I really just want to talk about my opinion in terms of the score. Um, I I, I see the eagles winning. I see the eagles winning at home. I see the giants struggling again. And I until I see them put up twenty points, my expectation is they're gonna score under it. So. It's gonna be another. Yeah. It's gonna be another bad game for the Giants, unfortunately. I think We're gonna do this a third time, uh, talking about Eric Flowers, talking about the Giants' playing calling, talking about um, all the negatives because there really has not been too many strong points to talk about so far this season. It's very, uh, very just, dis- very uh, concerning as a fan.
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think the Giants come out victorious on this one. As, as crazy as that sounds, I think that they, you know, they started out the season two games in a row in prime time. They were not ready. Their team, they have a young team. They are, you know, they're, sh- they're scared. They're, they're shook by this 0-2 start. They need to win. They know they're in New York. They know everybody's watching them. They're going to come out to play on, on Sunday. And I think, you know, Justin Pugh, Justin Pugh was like, he was like, so stick with us. Don't turn your backs on us just yet. Just give us a chance. I think that, you know, we're, we've given them two chances. I think that they need to step up in, against the Eagles, and they will. The Eagles secondary is decimated. They have a bunch of injuries. Their, their, uh, their backups are injured. It's, it's, you know, this is the opportunity that they need. The defensive line is going to be all over the Giants, of course. But I think that if they can, you know, get the get the ball out in time, they can, they can make the throws. And if Odell Beckham Jr. is playing, that's going to be a huge advantage for the Giants. They could, they could top the 20 mark this, this week. I think the Giants are going to need Janoris Jenkins to play. They have, you know, the Eagles have Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, Sackerts. Um, they have Torrey Smith now. They got a few good players and uh, they're going to need everybody on the defense to step up and, and uh, shut them down or otherwise it's going to be a long day. Carson Wentz per, has developed really well so far. I mean, he's only in his second season, but he's showing signs of real star potential. Um, the defensive line is going to need to really step up in, in the pressure pass, pass rushing. It's going to be essential for everyone on the offense and the defense to come to play, and if they don't, it's going to be a very, very long day for us once again, and we're going to be here next week basically saying the exact same thing, and I really don't want to do that again.
1: I Trust me, you and I both. Uh, I'm just curious on what your prediction on a score would be. you think the Giants are going to win? Uh, I guess I'm playing the pessimist today, and I think they're going to lose. Uh, my final score is going to be – Uh, Eagles 24, Giants 14. I see the running game scoring – scoring – getting under 50 yards. Um, I see them really struggling. I think Eli Manning has got to put the team on his back, and it's just not going to be enough in my opinion. So I think 24-17, Eagles, uh, Giants fall to 0-3, and
0: we are sitting here
1: next week talking about the offensive line and possibly trying out for them because it can't be any worse.
0: Uh, I can see that happening too, but I think we're going we're gonna to see a score of 24 to 21 Giants. They're going to pull out a victory. They're going to break the 20-point mark. I see um, Orleans Darkwa actually getting more touches this game. I mean, he had 4.7 yards per carry last week. Pretty, pretty good. Um, they're going to utilize Shane Vereen a lot in the passing game, I think. They, you know He's done well so far, but he hasn't been the factor that we need him to beat. I think that Brandon Marshall is going to have a touchdown. And OBJ is going to play a more of a distraction role. Again, he's going to have a few catches for some short yard gains, but he's not completely back to full health. I think the Eagles are going to have that last opportunity to run down the field and score. There's going to be a few seconds left. And I think the defense is going to shut them down. I think the defense is going to intercept Carson Wentz and, uh, end the game there. And we're going to feel a very nice sigh of relief come Monday morning. And we're going to say, you know, we're still in this and we have, we have what it takes to, to push forward. I think that's what I, that's what I feel. And, I'm going to send all that good energy towards them because we really need it.
1: Yeah, absolutely right. All right. I think that's about, uh, that is about gonna, that is going to wrap up. Man, words are hard.
0: Uh, our show
1: for the week uh, <laughs> for uh, the Giants beat. My name is David Bloodstein. I was joined by Alex Wilson. We'll be back again next week. Uh, and their game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Hopefully we have uh, some positives to talk about. So that was uh, scout.com. the Giants beat, David Bloodstein. And I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day.